grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome. Welcome to tonight's show. Wow, it's already Thanksgiving week. Time does fly. Seems just like yesterday I was basking in my backyard in 110 degrees, sitting out back watching the animals play. But, uh, man, things have, things have gone really fast. Anyway, I want to welcome everybody to the show tonight. My name is Charlotte, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. We've got a great guest tonight. I have been dying, and excuse the pun, I have been dying to get a, a, a pet psychic or a pet medium, depending how they depending on the term, on this show. And as you guys know, I have lost animals recently in the last few months, and uh, you always wonder what happens after they pass. You know, how, how coherent are they of, of what's happening to them and stuff? And maybe we could talk to her about uh, talk to her a little bit about that tonight. Uh, but I know everybody's been in the same boat. If you, if you haven't um, been through that, then it's something that everybody, I hate to say everybody should experience, but like I always believe, like my mom and dad believed that as a kid, as a kid, having a pet was always a good thing because it prepared us for the eventuality of our own parents passing away. You know, as, as grim as that is, that's pretty, you know, that's how it, that, that's what they thought. And, and it did work, you know, it really prepares, that prepares you ahead of time. Anyway, welcome. My name is Charlotte. I own the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Based out of Sacramento, California, you can find us at www.californiahaunts.org. Our radio show website is www.californiahauntsradio.com. See, I get confused because it's, it's a mouthful. Um, but uh, it's great to be here, and I'm looking forward to tonight's interview. Okay, I want to thank all of you guys because you're really getting the you're really starting to subscribe on YouTube. The show's starting to take off. Our download numbers are, are way up. I'm really excited about that. And if you guys could do me the favor of keep sharing this show, keep getting the word out, keep going, keep going, keep going, that would be great. Um, my one of my producers and I had just had a bunch of business cards made up, and we've been going round and round to the different uh, stores and different restaurants and passing those bad boys out to get the word out on the show. Plus, if you're interested in T-shirts, we've got California Haunts Radio T-shirts, if you're interested in that. And those are available at www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. Check it out. That site also has all of our archives for last year and a half. Also, if you go visit Blog Talk Radio, California Haunts Radio there, you can go back almost six years on archives from this show because that's where we were before, before we started doing this a couple years ago. We were over at Blog Talk, and we were there for about five or six years. So uh, you can see some of those cool shows, too. But I am so excited about tonight. I've been thinking about this all day. And without further ado, I'm going to get Lori on here. In fact, let's make sure I said her name right. Lori Spagna. I think I've got her name right. I'm horrible with names, so she can correct me if she wants. Slap me down psychically, whatever. But let's get her on. Good evening. Hello. How are you? Thanks for I'm having me here. I am so excited to have you on. You're so sweet. Thank you for having me. I'm excited, too. And, yes, you got my name right. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Because I can honestly say when I lost my um, oldest Kelpie, I have a real old one now, but when I lost the one before this, two before the this one, she came back and she's still around, you know. And, and my friends have seen her in the house, you know. And I, 
and, and then I, and she comes in my dreams and she does all this stuff. So I've been fascinated with this for a long time. And then my Kelpie that I have now that's 17, she's a rescue who has an attitude. And it was funny because I had gotten some paperwork from somebody to learn how to communicate with your pet kind of thing, you know, online when they send you that stuff. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. And that dog was still real wild, but it was funny because I could tell when I connected because the look, the, the look in her eyes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, my God, I can hear you kind of look you know, in her eyes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's something I've, I've been kind of looking at. But I've just, I've been, I've been dying. And I, like I said, I hate to use dying as, 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 as the word, but to get somebody like you on because, wow, you know, with, with what you do to talk to animals. Mm-hmm. Tell well, me about yourself. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about how I got to do this work and okay. how I got started with it. it. was really out of college. I went through, you know, corporate America. I used to call myself a good slave, and I did the hamster wheel of life. And um, at about 20 years after college, my brother died of a drug overdose, and I started getting messages from him almost right away. And it took me about a year, I'd say, to, like, unpack that. Like, is this my imagination? Is this real? I didn't know that I had that ability. And I didn't really, I wasn't necessarily into, I wasn't not into the paranormal at that time. I just mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily really, you know, head on into it. So, but after a year, I started really getting it. Like I wasn't making it up. There was just a lot of validating. And um, anyway, the big message was like, you have to change your ways because you're on the same path as I am pretty much. And um, so I did. And part of that was quitting my, my job in corporate America and I became a dog trainer. And while I was getting trained as a dog trainer, I started hearing the animals, the dogs. And like the very first thing I would hear from like dog after dog after dog, it was like pretty much the same message. You listen to me and I'll teach you. You listen to me and I'll teach you. So I got very good at listening because you have to do, like when I was in the training of becoming a dog trainer, we had to do everything on automatic pilot and there were some very clear messages that came right from the get-go you know they were about what the purpose of animals was like what their divine mission and purpose was or is for humanity during this time especially Mm -hmm. and how they're helping humans and um that they all speak a universal language the big thing was we speak a universal language of energy but this universal language is a language of love and humans are capable of speaking it too once they learn the dynamics of energetics, energy. So that's where it all started. And that was like well over 20 years ago. And then after that, I started getting into like the healing arts. I started getting into a lot of esoteric practices. I, I started tra- getting trained as a healer in a lot of different modalities, exploring what we call the Akashic records. And then I, I got into like lots of ancient um, metaphysical energy practices. I had a near-death experience. And on top of that, then I had what we call a first contact experience. All of that dramatically accelerated my own awakening. But but that's my journey. You know, the, 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 the key about the animal part is to know this. Everybody can do it. Nobody is refrained. Nobody cannot do it. Like it's a matter Mm -hmm. of us learning just the way if you were to go to um, a gym and, and, you know, lift weights, you could build muscle. Your, your capacity is already there. So I guess we can talk about that some more, but so far that all makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. So do animals understand what's going, what's going on around them? 
how, how, you know, how, how, how cute are they? Well, let me say first, animals are just like humans in this in this sense, which is that they're as conscious, like consciously aware, typically in the same way as humans are. Some are more consciously aware and some are less consciously aware. However, that said, because their brains work differently, like they, like we spend the majority of our time using our left brain, mm -hmm. we've overdeveloped our left brain and underdeveloped our right brain. So we're very analytical, skeptical, you know, analyzing, you know, discerning, whereas animals are much more in their right brain, which is just the awareness. It's just okay. aware. So that's the first difference difference between us and then the other uh, the other big thing in terms of this kind of telepathy the other big thing is that they spend the majority of their time in a theta brainwave mm -hmm. we spend the majority of our time in our waking time in a beta brainwave if we're lucky if we get into meditation at all we'll dip into the alpha range but most humans never learn how to access the theta brainwave it's not something we learn in school and even a lot of meditation classes won't teach you it so or they don't know it depends on the type of meditation mm -hmm. but once you learn how to access the theta brainwave that's the brainwave that's like the super highway of communication and all animals are basically for the most part in that brainwave frequency then on top of that if you if you kind of understand that the human um right now the human population is learning to open our heart center to become more consciously aware of of first of all we know scientifically we have brain matter in our heart mm -hmm. and we also have brain matter in our gut we have to develop that in the same way we would develop a muscle and it's sort of like building the brain matter so it's not it, it's like as we're using tools of meditation, as we're getting into heart coherence, as we're becoming more compassionate and loving and kind and learning how to strengthen that, that brain matter in the heart and also the brain matter in the gut, we're getting more consciously aware. They really already have that, see? And the other thing I wanna say about animals that's really a huge part of, of their kind of role and mission is that especially as it relates to your question and their consciousness mm -hmm. is that animals don't have to, so they don't have to figure things out. They just know. So for example, a human, let's say a human comes home and maybe they live with any kind of animal companion. Let's say in this example, the human's stressed. They had a hard day at work. They come in, everything's tight. They're just like, you know, like that. The moment they walk in the animal, it doesn't, the animal doesn't have to sit there and analyze. What's she feeling? What's going on? Did she have a bad day? Was she with her mother-in-law today? Like what happened? No, mm -hmm. the animal just knows that's the energy of stress. They just know that's what that is. So not only can they pick up on the thoughts that their humans have telepathically through the brainwave, mm -hmm. they pick up on the energy that the human's embodying, right? Because it's emanating out from us whatever we are feeling and experiencing, our energy field radiates out from us. It's like we're electromagnetic beings, right? So we're radiating that out around us and animals, they're, they're, they're majorly empath, empathic. They're, I call them the ultra, like the, they're, they're the empathic sponges and they're also psychic sponges because those theta brainwaves are open. So they pick up all that stuff too. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. 
so how consciously aware they are mostly depends on their environment. Just okay. like ours too, by the way, ours is like that. We're like that too. But nonetheless, if they're human typically that they live with is super conscious, mm -hmm. the animal is too. Okay. And if their human is kind of walking around like sort of not knowing what's going on or not super sensitive, typically the animal is like that too. Okay. You know why that is, Charlotte? No, I don't. Why? Why? It's because everything's a vibrational match. Okay. Everything matches energetically. So, so we're all like matched up energetically based on where we kind of vibrate at. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Which is why you, when you get certain animals, it's just like when you meet certain people, some animals you chime really good with and then some animals you really don't connect with. Yes. Same okay. exact. Yeah. What you're vibing with. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But so animals are the ultimate uh, psychic sponges and they're the ultimate empaths. And the thing is, it's like what, what we humans tend to do, most of us, is we project our ideas, our beliefs, our perspectives, our consciousness onto everyone and everything around us. Mm -hmm. So we perceive through our own lens. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't always realize how conscious our animals are. You understand? Like, yeah, that makes sense. We have, this is part of what we're learning to do on Earth now is to expand our consciousness to recognize that beyond our perspective, there's a lot more. We have to open up to things that we used to maybe were skeptical about or cynical about or maybe we didn't believe it was true or real or possible. As we broaden our perspective, we can start realizing, ah, these animals have so much more awareness than we've given them given them credit for. Than mm -hmm. we've realized. Mm -hmm. Sense. I know. Oh well, I, uh, I know that this other dog that just passed away in July that I had, my she, that was my mother's dog, and she raised it from a puppy, and my mother ended up with Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. and the dog knew it. And the dog, it was really nice for me. The dog and I were chimed in to, a, to the extent that because my mother would be up at night and I needed to sleep. So the dog would stay in the room with her. Mm. And then if my mother got up to move around and was making noises, the dog would bark to wake me up. Mm. We were that chimed in together. Mm -hmm. And so I understand perfectly, you know, what, what you're saying. Yeah. As far as that goes. And that was just the most wonderful relationship I've ever seen. And then when my mom passed away, the dog lasted about a year afterwards. I don't think she liked people without her. Mm. you know but i mean it was nice because she was such a huge help to me and she knew she was a help to me because she knew i could rest yes yeah she definitely they definitely do get that so because even though they don't speak they might not speak english or french with the same vocabulary that we have they understand the energy mm -hmm. so the moment like your mom if she you know during her times where she might have been a little bit of maybe you know in an altered state of some kind or sort of you know however that Alzheimer's was affecting her, the animal was tuned in enough to her, to her frequency to be like, to recognize at this mm -hmm. time, she's either not fully present and she needs something to ground her or be near her. So the animal's not thinking, mm -hmm. logic mm -hmm. that. The animal just mm -hmm. has that awareness. Yes. And one of the ways I, I love to explain it best is if you, if you just think anyone right now, like you know right now on the planet, Antarctica exists, but you're not mm -hmm. thinking about it. I mean, maybe now right. you Right, you just have a knowing. It's not like you're thinking about it. You know, you know that there's the color red and the color white and the color orange and the color purple, but you're not thinking about it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? 
So that's just kind of how their awareness works with things. They just have awareness and it's not like a linear thought pattern that they mm -hmm. have. That's why I think uh, I'm not going to agree with you on that. That's why I think when like, like I, well, I, I have Kelpies, so they're real smart dogs, mm. but you can tell when something isn't running like it has been mm. because suddenly the dog reacts because the dog's like, well, what the hell is that? Yes. You know, because the dogs, like you say, the, the, the way they think they're used to a certain pattern of stuff. And when there's something different right away, they're going to be like, um, I don't know what this is, but mm. Mm, you know, <laughs> right. Like with my mother, real quick, that's interrupt as an example again. My rescue that I have, when we first got her, she was fine. But my mm -hmm. mother was still had, you know, was still together. When my mother started to come apart mentally, the dog didn't like well, well didn't I wouldn't say didn't like her, was afraid of her. Because she couldn't you could I could tell she was trying to figure out what my mother was thinking, but she just couldn't because this because the scrambling going on. So that dog was always separate from the other. You see what I'm saying? The two differences. So you felt between... like one of the dogs was afraid of your mother? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, where she just couldn't quite grasp why suddenly my mother's or mind was looking this way. it's possible. I mean, I'm not denying that. because Right, I, right, right. Or possible. Yeah. But it's also possible that your mother was releasing fear, releasing mm -hmm. fear, her own fear of transition. True. A lot of times when somebody goes has Alzheimer's, a lot of times they're mentally beginning to experience the other dimensional realms. Yes. And that gives them a safe way to begin to transition with so that they can release the fear of leaving the physical world. And so when an animal is so sensitive, you know, like an, a, an empathic sponge, if mm -hmm. your mother was indeed releasing some of her fear of leaving behind the physical world, your animal, the her animal, would have absorbed that. Sure. I mean, they're like empathic sponges, so they absorb the energy around. And most of the time when they do that, it's it's to he help heal their human mm -hmm. or to heal the environment where they live. So, for example, um, a lot of animals in, the, in nature will help absorb or heal the energetics of that physical environment. So, for example, like whales are a great example, mm -hmm. uh, or even dolphins. And then, then they admit, like in in the waters, they're healing the waters when they emit those echolocation sounds and the and the songs, the whale songs and the the high pitched frequencies. Those elevate the frequency, the vibration of the water, which allows humanity to be uplifted in vibrant. And the water gets cleansed, by the way, with that. So that's like just an ex one example, but. In general, it's all vibration for animals. Their language is their language is a vibratory language, an energetic language, and so when they feel something that their human is releasing, mm -hmm. the absorption of it is the way that they help that human let it go and heal. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely fascinating. Yeah. This is absolutely fascinating. Now, yeah. when a dog, um, when a lot of people get worried about this, when a dog gets sick and a dog knows. Does a dog know that it's going to die? That's a good question. Some animals do. Okay. Some animals definitely do, especially like when it comes like right near their time to pass. Mm -hmm. like, they might not always know it months in advance or mm -hmm. when they start getting sick, but usually before it happens, they they do. And the reason I say that is only be through my communication with them. Mm -hmm. so, 
you can ask different animals. In fact, some animals will tell you, I'm, it's time for me to pass. My human's not ready to let me go. Cats are notorious for this. They'll kind of go and get lost so that they can let go if their human won't let them let go. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes the animal, especially with dogs, they'll hang on for a long time. They know that they need to go, but the mm -hmm. human's not ready to let them go. So they'll mm -hmm. hang on. And uh, sometimes there's like physical, you know, suffering there, but they're hanging on for their human. And they, in those cases, they knew, they typically do know they're ready to go. Interesting. This is, yeah, this is just absolutely fascinating for me. I keep using the word interesting, but it's just like I know other way to describe this stuff. It just, it just because, you know, I, I grew up a dog lover, always had dogs around me. You know, like I said, you know, it was something my, my mom and dad did to prepare me for life and, you know, life itself. And I've always wondered about this stuff. And, like, you know, what happened when a dog crosses over? How far are, are they with us afterwards? Do they hang out with us or, or what happens? Well, let me say. Animals go through the death and dying process in the same way that we do. We go through a process where, even before I say that, let me say this. Animals, one of the things I love about animals, actually, that's really a beautiful thing, is that they're not as attached to their bodies as we are. They already understand, especially cats, because cats see interdimensionally. Like one of their jobs and roles is to be able to actually catch entities non-physical beings and sort of catch them so that they can't get into the 3D world or the physical world or even mess with their humans or they mm -hmm. kind of absorb them. Um, so where I was going with that was that they're not as attached to their physical bodies. They understand that this physical world is not all there is. They okay. generally do, generally do. It's not like they're sitting there thinking about it just again but it's just an awareness that they have. So, so their idea of transitioning isn't as, as um, devastating to them as it is to us. And they do have an awareness that they can just get another body. Um, again, not all animals are consciously aware of it, right. but they have levels of consciousness just like we do. We have our you know, subconscious, our super conscious, and our you know, regular present conscious awareness. So, they have that same thing. It depends on which aspect of them you're tapping into at what frequency, because there's their personality self that might not be as aware as their super conscious self, just like us. Okay. Make sense? Yes. But that said, said, so their death and dying process is very similar to ours. They pass through um, dimensional um, planes. We could call them planes or dimensions. So I always call the fourth dimension, like we live in the third dimensional reality for the most part. That's a physical reality where there's space, right? Height with depth, there's light and color, and then there's sound in our physical reality. The fourth dimensional reality is the stuff of the non-physical. And that includes the concept of time. Mm -hmm. we, we actually make that up. That includes thoughts, Beliefs, belief systems, ideas, concepts, that includes um, emotions. I mean, those are things, but they're non-physical things. That That's where ghosts hang out in there. Mm -hmm. why, if, a, if a human transitions and they're not ready to move on, they're still hanging on to the physical world, they can, have a go they can be ghosts or an apparition. There's entities there, demonics hang out in there. I mean, everything under the sun right? That's non-physical in a sense. Mm -hmm. 
And so then there's, you have a fifth dimensional reality, which is still physical by the way, but that's more like the quantum reality where you know you're, you know, if you get into the quantum physics, right? You're an infinite being who exists in a dream state that is all non-physical, but you have physicality, right? Mm-hmm. So they pass through these. Then when you start getting beyond that, you've got like sixth dimension and beyond. Those are dimensions of reality that the animals basically, we could use the word ascend to or elevate to just like we do. Mm-hmm. Once you get into like seventh, eighth, ninth, that's where angels are. Not that angels can't come into our reality because they right. can't do. But you have angels, you have other non-physical plasma-like beings, and you know, you go keep ascending, you, you unite with source and what we call oversoul families. So collectives of groups. So when you, it's a long answer, but when you ask me, do we reunite with them? The answer is yes. They're going through that. that transition process. So are we, it's the same frequencies that we pass through. And in fact, we do, if the timing links up, we as our personality selves, mm-hmm can link up again with them in their personality self. However, just know this, we also reincarnate. Right. So part of that reincarnation process means you kind of, of a part of you up there remembers yourself as the individuation that you are, but mm-hmm. you come back in and you, you kind of memory wipe most of it. Right? Right. Come back in. Animals do the same thing. Okay. Make sense? Makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's lost sense. But your animal can come back and visit you just like a human, just, just, just like a human spirit can though as well, right? Like in dreams and all that. Oh, totally. Especially if they, especially in the very early phases after they transition. So when an animal and even a human transitions in the early stages, you know, they have no physical body mm-hmm. at that time because they've dropped, they haven't incarnated, reincarnated, and they're still in a range of density that they can easily dro- like drop in. They can influence things. It's very often it's harder for them to manipulate the physical world. Mm-hmm. But it's not impossible to flicker lights, and it's not impossible to knock things off the shelf. It's just that stuff is less likely. But for sure, the dream state is really easy for them to visit, like you said, because that's a fourth dimension. When we when we're sleeping, we're typically in a fourth dimensional reality of non-physical, like that's also when we astral travel, if you're familiar with that, right? right? We go through a fourth dimensional reality. And so we're still tethered to our body, but we're in a non-physical state of our complete consciousness. And the animal can easily, after transitioning, same with the human, meet Mm -hmm. up with us in that fourth dimensional reality and will think we're dreaming, but it's more than a dream. It is a real non-physical place where we have an experience together. Yes. I got orders from my dog to look for a... I'm not ready yet, though, because I still have this rescue I'm dealing with, but I have direct orders to look for a black, completely black Australian Kelpie puppy. Ah, that's awesome. And she will be back. But I, I love that. But so because cool. I have this older dog that's the rescue that needs... You know, she's never really had a, a house of her own and all this, you know, so... You in, know. We say that in divine timing. You yeah, have in divine, divine timing, point. yeah. Which but I was told become, I was I was told about a month after the other dog passed to look for a, you know, when the time is right to look for a, a completely black puppy. Right, that's wonderful. And so you just keep affirming that it will happen in divine timing, mm-hmm. in a divine and perfect way. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a question from the chat room. I have somebody who lost a dog, and it, it was it was 
kind of a tragic thing. The dog had been sick, mm. but she didn't know why. She took it to the vet, and it seemed okay. She brought it out, put it in her car, drove home, stopped off to get something at the store, came out, and the dog was gone. Physically transitioned? Yeah. Okay. What, what, do we know what the dog's name was? Its name was, um, oh, my God, I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> what was the name, Marcy? I'm having a brain fart. I hate this. I, I hate it when it helps happens. me if I can know okay. the dog's name yeah. and even the human's first name. Wow. Just hang on. Yeah. Um, Maurice is the first name. and Maurice is, um, the, is the human? Yeah, it's the human. Quincy's the dog. I remember. Okay. Well, at the t first of all, one of the things I'm wondering with Maurice at the time, if there was a transition of a family member as well, but that might be just the dog that's lighting up that there was a transition, but it, it was the dog. There was no sibling or uh, no, anyone else? no, no, it wasn't anybody else. Okay, so I don't know directly. You know what? I almost feel like I went in there asking what's going on, but I don't know if there was a direct question that I was being asked, like what happened or what? what is the question I'm getting? What, are what you did the dog die from? Can you pick uh, up on that? Okay, well, here's what, I, here's what I'm hearing. At the time of the transition, there was deep sadness and sorrow in Maurice's life. Okay deep sadness, sadness and sorrow that was already associated with loss. Already that energy was there mm -hmm. and that the animal was taking a lot of this on as a, an attempt to help heal the human. And this deep sadness, sorrow, loss, like um, also loss of joy, a loss of like um, almost not quite depression, but a kind of like hopelessness. Okay. And that this energy was part of what the animal took on. It's almost like a broken heart is what's lighting up. Does that make sense? Does it make sense, Marcy? Is she typing in? I think she is, yeah. Hmm. I hate to put you on the spot like that, but... No, that's all right. I mean, I can do that. It's just... It's always... Yeah, you, when you when you give me just two names, it's yeah. I, I'm actually it's usually it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I can go deep. I usually can go deeper. The thing is, is we can get very deep, but usually what's happening? I will tell you this: when animals transition, and this is true for humans too. I wish humans would understand this. No death is an accident. Mm -hmm. No death is ever an accident. So it's not like. Every death, in a sense, these are harsh words, but they, they'll make the point. Every death, in a sense, is a suicide of the soul. The soul is ready to move on. Animals have souls just like we do. So when an animal is making a choice to transition, it means that their journey at yep. the time with the human is complete or that they've done as much as they can to assist the human at that time. doesn't mean they can't come back or wouldn't come back. It just means at that time... Yeah, that they have. Yeah, see, she says um, losing her house and her brother disappearing from her life. Ah, okay. So, yeah. You just validated. I asked, wasn't there a sibling yeah. that was lost? Yeah. Okay. That's oh, like, there we go. I can't even tell you, that's so good. Fantastic. Like, I'm amazed at my own self <laughs> because it's never me. 
it's never me, but that's so cool, right? I mean, not, I'm sorry, it's not yeah. so but Well, I can understand yeah, that because- I'm like always the, amazed by it myself. Like right? that dog I was talking about that took care of my mother. She had very deep feelings. You could tell she did. Yeah. You know, so when my mom got really sick and she probably knew my mom was going to pass and once my mom did pass, the dog was never really happy afterwards. You know, it wasn't her thing, you know, because I she totally knew my mom across. I do get that. that yeah. Once your mom transitioned, she felt that her yeah. time here was yeah. completed. Her, her and I knew I was a, you know, even even handling her, I knew I was a, a, a sad double for my mom, you know, and, mm. I, and I knew it. I tried to treat her as well as I could because she had been so good with her, but I, I knew that. I knew that was going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. thank you so much for that reading. I appreciate it. I yeah. really do. Um, I want to say something else too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, one of the things that animals, when they transition, and I mean, I've connected with countless animals who have transitioned and mm -hmm. humans grieving so much, like suffering from, from the loss. Because, you know, love is love. It doesn't yes. matter. Love is yes. love. We love our animals. Those of us who have animal companions, they're our, they're our family, you know. And I've spoken to so many or communicated with so many animals have tran transitioned to help their grieving human. And across the board, what they all say is, I want my human to be happy. Mm -hmm. Please tell her, don't, don't grieve me. Celebrate our life. They always want us to celebrate our lives. And especially for the animals, because they do come with like a mission to help their humans um, they want us to celebrate what what they brought to us, how we learned from them, how we grew, even if it was just that we expanded joy and happiness mm -hmm. for our life together. That's a should be a celebration. And in a way, what they say is, as we do that, as we acknowledge that, it's almost like, I mean, this is not what it is, but it's the most simplistic ways, like brownie points in heaven. Do you know what I mean? They. Yeah. It's like they're earning their angel wings in a sense. Uh -huh. and, and it's 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 like somebody giving gratitude to you for changing. You know, if I were to be saying, like, you changed my life. Thank you so much. Like, that that matters so much to the recipient of that kind of message. And that's what they ask. Uh -huh. Just acknowledge how wonderful it was. Yeah. They don't want us to be sad. You know, they want us to celebrate them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, talking about cats. Now, cats have a totally different personality set. I mean, their their minds do not work the same as dogs. I mean, everybody knows this. <laughs> cats, cats, you know, cats are fu all the time, and you know. So, how does a cat connect with a human? I mean, I mean, because they're so fiercely independent. Well, first of all, cats um, are are like birds are etheric on a etheric plane. Their 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 association is air. Cats are more plasma. So they're on what we call like a plasma plane. So, so they're interdimensional and they have the ability to see interdimensionally. Mm -hmm. They can see all kinds of beings in the non-physical, whether they're, you know, demonics, which are you know nasty things, or right. entities, which are just typically non-physical things that might be like hitchhikers, you know, just, you know, traveling from hopping from body to body to experience physicality, even though they don't have a physical body or whatever. So they, so cats can see that. So they have like all kinds of awarenesses that we're not seeing and perceiving, at least not unless we've developed, I and mean, we can see and perceive more of it if we develop more mm -hmm. of our extrasensory abilities. But that's their thing. They're just, they're really fascinated. They come here to be physical, mm -hmm. but 
interact into these other dimensional realms. And that's one of the things that typically is very um, unique to them mm -hmm. versus m most of the other animal creatures. So, yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes. Cat cats are unique individuals, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and they're then, there to eat every day. <laughs> but you know what? The thing about of what I've learned with cats is it's kind of some of it's still the same. I mean, most of it's still the same. They're still healing their human. They're still working with their human. They still have gifts of consciousness and awareness to share with their human. So, cause all of the animals, like I do these um, channeling events where I channel and um, usually I do them like once a month, you know, with my community mm -hmm. and we always invite in animals to let them share like their awarenesses with us. And they have so much awareness to share with us. So mm -hmm perspectives that we don't always see some of it is kind of like simplistic but most of it is just so incredible so profound like um yeah i guess i was jumping around from cats here but for example right, right, right. cows okay. cows talk about how they really want us to become better mothers they perceive themselves to be the best mothers on the planet and they basically say, like, if you guys would mother yourselves better, like really nurture your inner child and learn to like love yourselves and care for yourselves, we our children, calves, would not be treated so poorly. They they understand, Aww. like that is a really profound statement. They understand the connection between how we treat our own inner child, our own selves as sweet, innocent children, uh -huh. which we all are, and the way we treat their children. Like that's, that is so insightful that they understand that connection. And, and in, the, um, in the earlier days when I used to communicate with cows, a lot of times they, this is way back, they would say, we're willing to self-sacrifice to get you to start treating our children nicer. And um, so that's when they started developing the mad cow disease. And I guess as a collective, they realized like that wasn't working right. <laughs> to help us to learn to treat. So they changed their willingness the way they would treat us. They, they changed their perspective and realized that like, they want us to learn how to be better parents to our own selves. This isn't to say anything bad about mothers. It's just, right. that's how we've grown up in our society. Sure. You know, like, so, um, then they started sharing what we call transmissions of energy, like where they would just share their energy, share their consciousness with us about how to be better parents to ourselves and to one another. So it's just fascinating. Like It is fascinating that animal would be that in tune. Wow. It is incredible. And like, I'll never forget, I was talking about this earlier today uh, with someone else who was asking me. I, I once, more than once, but this one particular time I went to this... Um, um, farm sanctuary and there was this cow there and I went to go do like a healing for the cow and the cow the first thing this cow said was like oh I'm just an old old being don't waste your time on me you know, go kill someone else and I was like I was so immediately in love with this cow I was like no you're the one like I love you so much will you let me do healing with you and so because he had this um, like growth on his um, chin, like this big um, sort of tumor that was not, you know, it was benign. Mm -hmm. anyway, so I go, I go to start doing the healing because I got a total permission, you know, a total agreement. He just didn't see his value and worth. And as I went working on this tumor, 
um, he was saying, it wasn't he, but he had an energy of a masculine energy. They're also not his gender attached right. to are. And the cow said, I'm carrying the weight of all the cows who were slaughtered before me. Wow. That's what, needs, that's what needs healing, he said. So then, even though I'm referring to him as he, wasn't he? But right. Um, I after I was done, I went to the to the people at the farm sanctuary and told them that's what I, you know, my exchange. And they said, I didn't know this. And they said, Yeah, that cow was one of the last two cows rescued from a slaughterhouse right before it closed. That's wow. Right. Who figured a cow had that much insight? That's awesome. Yeah. And this is the thing is, is what we're waking up to on planet earth right now is that there's so much more than we ever knew. We didn't know what we didn't know. We don't know what we don't know, but what we do know is that there's limitless potential for us to expand what we know. Well, I mean, the people in India have known this all along, you know, because they're the cow sacred over there. Right, but yes. I mean, for the rest of us over here, you know, that don't think that way, that this is incredible stuff. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, the thing that, that I love about it is it really is, it's very scientifically valid. It's not uh -huh. reserved for some. Anyone right. can learn this. It's literally, you know, number one, you learn how to access the theta brainwave. Number two, you develop your pineal. The pineal gland and the pituitary gland are the, what we call the third eye, right? Right. Really, that's your master glands in your brain. Oh, look at that. So you have master glands, right? Your pineal gland, pituitary gland. Those are the mm -hmm. extrasensory glands that allow us to see, hear, and perceive things with our with with our extra sensors senses so we develop that we you know we talked about developing that heart muscle and the heart coherence mm -hmm. developing our ability to even allow our skin to receive information because our skin it, we know that from the institute of heart math our skin is a way that we can receive and exchange information too so all of these things we have these abilities everybody can learn how and I think that's that's such an important thing to get because once you start really learning how to do this, wow. I mean, just imagine all the things you can help animals with, like animals who are in rescue organizations who mm -hmm. maybe have traumas, who they can be helped with that, you know, because or animals who are sick, you know, by asking what's going on or where does it hurt or, you know, what's where does your did you eat something? You know, or animal, certainly the animals who are lost, we can help them find their way. Or animals who need homes, what kind of home do you want to be with? Mm -hmm. You know, there are all kinds of things we can help them with when we learn how to communicate telepathically. Now, without giving a lot of weight, I know you have your books out, but what's a ways that somebody can start to communicate with their animal? Well, one of the first things that I always tell people, and this is also how you can open and access more of your psychic gifts, is start by sitting quietly, silently, with no distractions, and getting comfortable listening to the sound of silence. Because all of this stuff is it's tele it's in auditory in terms of physical. So you have to be able to hear through the silence. You have to be able to sit still 
with no bings or pongs or rings or dings, you know, <laughs> no electronic interference. And you have to get comfortable listening to the sound of silence because it's through the silence that you start to hear. You also have to get comfortable seeing in the dark because it's in the dark where you're, when you, when you start to develop your, so I, you know, one of the things I do when I train people is I tell them go to sleep at night with a, you know, mask on and keep your eyes open in the pitch dark and see what you can see. And the average person at first thinks they can see nothing, only dark. Uh -huh. But that's part of how you start to pop open your pineal gland and your pituitary gland, which will allow you to see what you think you can't see. Because mm -hmm. there's lots to see. Then, then, you know, those are just the first or two of the earliest steps. You have to learn how to access that theta brainwave. Very simple to do it. It's in those books you showed. And um, once you get into that stuff, then you have to start. The, the hard part isn't that. The hard part is discerning what these messages mean. So for example, you know, you, one person could see a red ball and to them, the red ball means, oh, this dog wants to go out to play. Right. Another person could see a red ball and they could be like, this red ball means a blood clot. Mm -hmm. What does it mean? So you, yeah, I mean, that's the most important thing is to, to be able to develop the discernment about the messages, what they are, what they mean. You have to practice with a lot of validation. It takes That takes a long time to develop but it's fun along the way. And you start with simple, easy little things and you develop it as you go. You know, you don't just dive in with like, does this animal want to transition? Like you don't, you know, right, <laughs> right, right. little things, you know? Right. So. What do you think of those things? You see these videos come up occasionally of people that have made these boards that have lights on them. Oh, what? And they tap the board and do yeah, things? Yeah, or the dog's tapping the board. Is that is that the dog doing it? Or is that the people kind of communicating with the dog and get the dog to do it? Well, you know what? I, I don't know specifically those videos because I can't comment right. on all of them. Right. I'm just saying, yeah. A lot of it's learned response. I mean, Pavlov, right? I mm -hmm. mean, but then, I mean, maybe if they're saying they're telepathically communicating, I'm, it's certainly not impossible at all. Right. Like my, my last dog uh, that I had, all I would ever have to do is think a word, think it, and send the word to her, and she would know. Like, easy. That's Even cool. now, I'm already practicing now. That was the dog that just transitioned. I have now have a new puppy. And I'm already working with her on, like, literally letting, when she goes, like, I'll let her run in a safe area. And just thinking, turn around and come back. Turn around, come back. And then, you know, project. It's that simple. You think the thought. You project the image of what you want. And you allow it. You just release it. But this is, like, oversimplifying it. But still, mm -hmm. it's really simple, right? So it could be either with those. I don't know which ones they are because I don't really. Yeah, I'm just wondering what, what, what you thought of them because, yeah. you know, people are like, yeah, the dog can, the dog knows what buttons to push. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if the it dog knows. If the humans telepathically, if the yeah. humans already telepathically saying, like that pink one up, like that one up. Yeah. But at the same time, that's pretty easy, right? Pavlov's. Well, yeah, because if the dog knows it's going to be three, it's going to be three lights over, and it's going to get to go outside. The dog, you know, the, the dog is going to be like beyond to this going. Yeah, okay, I got to press that one. Because animals learn through repetition, just like yes. Them. So it's more a matter of is that human in their integrity in terms yes. of their thing? <laughs> yes. if they are, you know, yeah. 
certainly it's as possible either way, I guess. And what about horses? How, how, how do horses think? Oh my God. So horses are all about freedom and trust. They teach the, the those are themes that they're working with, with their human. They want to teach the humans that they interact with to tr like surrender and trust. Those are like major lessons for humans, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all working on trust issues. Where have I, where has our trust been betrayed? How do we trust? And so that's a theme that the horses have taken on for their humans. And then freedom, the idea of just being able to just be free. And that that's like an energetic frequency. Like if you think about every, any word that you pick in the world, like in the dictionary, that, that word has a vibration and the vibration of that energy resonates in the physical vehicle of the of the being so horses embody the virtues associated with freedom and that's another thing too that see animals they embody virtues that we're learning freedom mm -hmm. right now i mean you're going to see in the next year freedom is going to be a major theme that humanity is dealing with right Right. Are we free? Are we not free? How do we feel about freedom? Do we want our freedom? What are we willing to give up for our freedom? Like, and especially anyway, not to go in that direction, but so right. that's an energetic, right? And all animals, another great example is forgiveness. Like if you accidentally step on your pet's paw, right? Or even if, you know, in a worst case, if you're like in a bad mood, you come home and you yell at the dog when he's jumping on you to say hello, just as an example, that dog doesn't have to learn forgiveness. Two seconds later, he's on your lap lip licking you like sure. it never happened. It's not that he doesn't have a, an awareness that it just happened. He's just, he's, he's, he doesn't have to learn forgiveness. We're learning forgiveness. Right. So we're learning freedom. We're learning magnanimity. That's another great example. Magnanimity is the ability to love the unlovable. The dog doesn't care of the worst criminal on the planet. The dog will just love that criminal. You know what I mean? They just have that capacity to love anyone and everyone regardless of anything. They're not they're not carrying any kind of, you know, rate racism or like any of those things that we have. They don't have that judgment. These are virtues that we're learning. Uh -huh. so they embody these virtues, the different animals, to help us to learn them. And also to anchor it into the earth. Because when something's anchored into the physical body, that means it becomes part of the physical reality. Does that make sense? Yes. So, yes. yeah, that's, that's go full circle. That's the horses. <laughs> yeah. To get inside the head of an animal, the first time you were able to communicate, what was it like for you? Oh, my God. This is the best story. So let me tell you, I was living in Maui at the time. I was Everybody already lives in Hawaii me. except me. Go What's ahead. that? Everybody lives in Hawaii but me. <laughs> well, you can still go. I still want to go. I was living in Hawaii at the time. I was already doing animal communication, but I hadn't done any of it professionally yet. And I was on Craigslist. I don't know what I was doing on Craigslist. But anyway, back then, it was like very little computer. That's what we had. And somebody from one of the other islands, I was on Maui. The person was on Oahu, was looking for an animal communicator. Mm -hmm. and so I wrote to the person. And I was like, look, I, you know, I'm just practicing and getting good at you know, developing my gifts. I can't promise you anything. I'm not a professional. I'm pretty much of a newbie. But send me the picture of the horse. It was a horse. 
and don't tell me anything. And that's what happened. And the first time I looked at the horse in the picture, I was trying to, you know, connect with the soul of the animal, but I just kept hearing like, go below the knee, you know, and then I hear like, I'm stumped. And I didn't understand what it meant because I only had like the picture of the head. I, why was I hearing go below the knee? And the idea that I was stumped, I kept thinking that was my own thought. Mm -hmm. So I write back to the person who I never met. And again, never met the horse. And um, I said, look, I, this is what I got. And I don't, you know, I'm sorry. The person writes back to me. is like, no, you're getting something. We had to amputate below the knee. Yeah. Please go back to this horse and see what else you can get. So I go back to the horse now with a little more confidence. And I find from the horse, there's bad people around me. They want to kill me. Tell them to go away. I want to live. Oh. By the way, can you can you tell the nice ones to give me some more carrots? And that is exactly, I went back and told the human, this is all through email. And the human said, that's exactly right. We didn't know if we, this is a foal. We didn't know if we should amputate after, we don't know if we should euthanize this animal. Uh -huh. We didn't know what was fair to do. And now that we know that, we're going to keep the animal alive and get a prosthetic. And that's what they did. Nice. That, was one of, that I remember was like, it wasn't that I hadn't done animal communication before because I had. Right. That was just when it really was like, I'm really good at this and I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. Like I can make a difference. I can really help, you know? And that, that was, I remember that was one of the most like, you know, one of those moments, you know? What do you like best about what you do? Oh, I love it all. I love, I love helping humans and animals. My, you know, my favorite thing is, I always say this, actually, I love accessing information and knowledge and wisdom and energy from the non-physical and bringing it into the physical. Because a lot of what I teach, I mean, the basics of animal communication, it's, you know, that's been around. That's not really anything new. And like I said, anyone can learn it. But what I use my abilities and gifts for is, is bringing in information and knowledge that's not in any book, that can't be learned or studied from from a book that expands consciousness for humanity and elevates humanity and our awareness so we can improve the quality of our lives and the lives for animals our life on earth and i mean i just love that like if you understand that everything's a vibration for example if it's okay if i go in this direction like you know everything's a vibration so health is a vibratory state and like getting a sickness is a vibratory state. In this vibratory state is something like this. In this vibratory state is something like this, but they don't overlap. Mm -hmm. So you can't get in this example, when you understand energy and how it works, that that you start to realize you you have immunity and imperviousness to certain experiences simply because you're not vibrating in harmony with those things that are undesirable to you, right? Does that make right. sense? Yes, it does. Start living this, when you start living a happy and joyful life, the animals say this all the time. Our job is to uplift your life, to help you live a better life and to uplift you. So if we're living a happy, joyous life, our lives improve, our lives extend, the lives of our animals extend and improve. We say that all the time when people ask, how can, what can I do for my animal? Be happy, be joyful, enjoy your life. Don't hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. all yourself or anybody you know like that's so beautiful here's something i was just thinking about what about police dogs 
do, do they think differently or is that just because they're trained that that way or, 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 or there's a mental mindset with them where you know the the you see where I'm going? Or where yeah, I mean, I, I do I do think to a certain degree it's a little different because what happens, I only know this because the trainer who trained me in dog training mm-hmm. had for the United States government for 20 years before he was finished with his duty, his active duty. And that's when he recruited me and I worked under him, you know, got trained by him. And I learned how they train, you know, their dogs for military and and service. And it's basically very hardcore, very hardcore, extremely. So I think what happens with those animals is that it becomes sort of like um, automatic pilot. You just, it's not even a thinking, it's not. It's just smell, sniff, go, do, you know, whatever it is, because they're trained so extremely. And I think that, I mean, I've never been in the military, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. senses that's kind of like how you're trained like you're not supposed to think you follow the orders and go and do because it could be a life-threatening situation sure. so that's my understanding about those animals i haven't communicated with a ton of them right right so, um you know i just that's one of the type i guess the groups of animals i've communicated with not as much but i will say I always wonder about them and the working dogs, you know, like the, yeah. like, the like the Australian Kelpies or the or the yeah. um, shepherds and stuff like that, that that are out working cattle and stuff, and the, and the mindsets they have because they seem like they're so so intelligent to yeah. be out handling these animals. And uh, hey, is there cross communication? That's there's a good question too. Is there cross? Let's say a Kelpie is hurting a bunch of cows or hurting steers. Is there a cross? Can they communicate with each other? Yeah, for sure they can. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Like if if if. Let's say I was to meet somebody who speaks another language. They all speak uh-huh. a universal language of energy. But let's just say I was to meet somebody who speaks like, maybe they maybe they live in France or another country. Uh-huh. They'll communicate with them. It just might be a little more like, do we want to communicate? Or you're going that way, I'm going that way. But a lot of times it is. It's like, especially when you talk about like cattle dogs who herd sheep, uh-huh. there is that is there. Like they, I've communicated with a lot of those and they say things like, yeah, I'm just helping my human or I'm just getting these sheep. Like they know, you know, so it's not so, it's not a impossible, especially like, have you ever seen two cats who live together and play? Yes. Okay. I've done a lot of family animals who live in the same family and they do communicate. They're like, well, he said this to me. He did this to me. He took my (laughs) spot. He's in my spot. So even though that's not my, um, my way of communicating with animals sure. to be more, what's the sole purpose? Uh-huh. What's the sole mission? What's the soul's agenda? How are they there for their human? What are they trying to help their human with? Still, they do share things like, especially when I've had animals in the same household and they're not getting along. You get that. Like I told them to get off my bed. He's in my space. Like that does happen. Yeah. They do communicate with each other. Yeah. Interesting. So what's next for you? Oh, my goodness. Well, right now I'm really working on um, just really helping humanity through this challenging time. It's a challenging time on Earth where humans are being asked to really, really choose to come into the light, which means really be willing to expand their consciousness, uh-huh. their awareness, to open their heart centers, to become more loving and compassionate with ourselves and with one another. And a lot of this stuff has to be sort of um, 
the energetics of how we're kind of wired has to be sort of rewired. And a lot of stuff has to be awakened from within us. So for example, all of our DNA, um, not to go too far off topic, but our DNA has like codes, codes of immunity, codes of imperviousness. We have the ability to be 100% immune and impervious to any virus, for example. We have this, but it's dormant. And because we don't know it, we're operating like we're just not operating at our greatest potential right now. And the quality of life is like tanking because we're not living our fullest potential. And the DNA is a great example. And we don't want to put something into our DNA that could really inhibit that. We want to make sure we activate and awaken what's our birthright, which is the ability to reclaim these, these gifts, these knowings. And so that's a lot of what I'm working on right now is just assisting um, with people who are going through challenging times like this. And I sure. do, um, I do like one of the things I do is an Ascension support group for people who want, you know, to do one-on-one it's a group, but we do, I do get to get, give people and animals a lot of one-on-one support there. So that's, and I do like monthly channelings where people get to, we get to channel from the non-physical, including angels and guides, masters, teachers, loved ones, ascended masters, and even star family races who are non-physical, right? And who are here to help us and um, help guide us through this challenging time. So I do those channelings. I love that. And yeah, I do a lot of what we call DNA activations, which is really about activating and awakening this Mm -hmm knowing within us and really igniting the love. Cause the truth is we are all love. We are the embodiment of love and we are, we are worthy and deserving of, of happiness, health, well-being, joy, and, and prosperity, living well, high quality lives just because we exist. Yeah. It's not something that we have to earn or prove. We don't have to like achieve I'm not saying that we shouldn't go out and do those things. Of course, we should go out and live our lives fully, share ourselves with one another and the world, contribute to the betterment, but do it out of love and joy because we exist. Mm-hmm. And this, like, you know, mediocrity of how we've been living is just not going to cut it for us if we continue that path. It's not, it's not our true, what I call our true organic, um, you know, our, our, the original plan for humanity. Mm-hmm. For us to wake up and to become these, the truth of who we are, which is just love and joy in bodies, you know? Fantastic. How do people get a hold of you? Oh, they can go to my website for one, which is lorispagna.com. Okay. L-O-R-I-S-P-A-G-N-A. For people who want to learn, like, there's some really fabulous free gifts. Um, Number one, for people who want to help animals on a global scale, who want to learn about energy, healing, communication, telepathy, they can go to lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash animals. If they want to sample a DNA activation and see how that's awesome for them and their animals, they can go to lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts forward slash DNA. And if they just want some other really great free gifts about psychic development, intuitive development, and mediumship, all of that, they can just go lorispagna.com forward slash free gifts. Okay, Tons cool. Free stuff. Yeah. And it's not just like, you know, it's good content-rich stuff. They'll love it. 
Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate oh, it. I learned so much. I'm I hope so I didn't glad. pepper you with questions that made that made you crazy, but uh, no, it was wonderful. It was I just wanted to point stuff out that I've experienced for the audience because maybe they've experienced similar things. You know that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, um, I would love. I would love to have you on again at some point. Um, I had a great time. And again, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great holiday. Thanks. You too. All right, Lori. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And I will show your website and your books and where people can get them right after I get right, just before we end here. So, okay. That sounds wonderful. And then once we get the link, we'll co-promote it as well. Sounds good. Thank you very much, ma'am. I appreciate it. Right. Happy have a good evening. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was fun. That was great. I learned a lot, and uh, wow, it confirmed a lot of stuff that I knew. Uh, it was great. Uh, again, uh, tomorrow we're going to have another Lori on, Lori McDonald, who's going to be talking about alien abduction cases and how we might be just living in a different timeline from the timeline that, that, that we think we're living in right now. So that's going to be an interesting conversation with her. Um, I want to ask you guys again, uh, you know, I want to thank you for coming on. Hang on, let me get back on the screen. Clicking buttons as always. I want to thank you guys for helping us build up our YouTube. We still need to build it up. You know, we've, we, we, got, the, we, we got a little over 100 people um, subscribing. And, you know, it's always pass the word. That's, that's all I like to ask. If you can pass the word to five people uh about the show and, and and tell them how good the show is and how much you enjoyed it i really appreciate it because we're looking for we're always looking for subscribers uh to our youtube site we actually have a dedicated url now to that and i will start posting that up after the show starting tomorrow but uh you know share this with five people if you like the show or any of the other shows you've heard or if you didn't like the show share it with five people you don't like <laughs> we're equal opportunity here but we want to keep the word out, and we want it. We want to keep putting that word out. And we want to keep building up the show. And like I said, one of my one of my partners in this show, and I will be passing out business cards all over Sacramento out here, trying to get trying to get more people watching us and stuff. But I, I appreciate the efforts you all have put in. But if you can keep helping me out, you know, for the people that are coming on that haven't seen the show before, please subscribe. Please hit that subscribe button up there. It's that little tiny ghost with the magnifying glass that you see on YouTube. That's the subscribe button. If you have trouble finding us until I get the URL up um, on here, www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, and we're right there. The other thing I want to try and talk to you about is, you know, this show, as you can see, I've got a ticker running along the bottom. This show is completely nonprofit, as is my paranormal team. So all the cost to produce this and keep the equipment going and computers and all that good stuff comes out of my pocket. So if you could find it in your heart to donate a little bit to us to keep this thing on the air, I would appreciate it. At paypal.me at California Haunts. If you're interested in a t-shirt or anything like that, visit www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com and we have them available on, on the website as well. Again, I want to thank you guys for coming tonight. I will see you tomorrow with Lori McDonald and she's from Sacramento, so uh, it's kind of fun to have her on. But in the meantime, before before I cut off completely, I want to share the I want to share um, tonight's Lori's website, LoriSpania.com is her website, and she's got freebies on there, so that's cool. And she's written a few books, so I thought I'd put them up there, the ones you saw earlier about uh, communicating with your deceased pet and learning how to communicate with your living pets. And she's got a uh, Manifestation Made Easy book and How Psychic Are You? 
And the secret energy of money and wealth. I think we all need that, don't we? And those are all available at Amazon.com if you want to get those books. See? Like I said, Amazon.com. So, like I said, I want to thank you all for coming tonight, and I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific for alien abduction and the possibility that we may be living in a alternate timeline at this point. Maybe it has something to do with you know what we just went through. Who knows? So we're going to be asking Lori about that. But I appreciate you guys coming, and please get on YouTube and subscribe. The more subscriptions we get, the better, you know, the better for us. Numbers, numbers, numbers. It's all about numbers and downloads and whatnot. And I want to thank the people that have been listening to the podcast because your downloads are great. The downloads are going up every month. And I'm real. that's another thing that's exciting me about this show. And if you can keep sharing it with your friends and telling people about us, I'd really appreciate it. Again, I will see you tomorrow. Have a good evening.